Hi, my name is Joel Knox. I'm the senior pastor at the Vineyard Church of Brenham in Brenham, Texas. I'm so glad you're interested in our podcasts. This media is completely free to you, so you can share it with anyone else however you'd like. Our church is located at 1401 South Bluebell Road in Brenham at the corner of Tom Green Street next to the Bluebell Creamery and across from the Bluebell Aquatic Center. You can also find us on the web at vineyardbrenham.org and on Facebook and Twitter at Vineyard Brenham. Anyway, thanks again for stopping by, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. If you would, please, welcome to our stage. She's already been here already, but welcome her to the stage, Jessica Lewis. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hey, we are so grateful to be here with you this morning. Um, We appreciate you guys welcoming welcoming us into your home. Do you have me here, Brian? Am I going to get a little closer there? Okay. Um, We have known Joel and Danelle for many years. We've gotten to play music together and worship together. And so I'll share a little bit of who we are. Um, This is my husband, Nate, if you want to say hello, and, and our son, Teddy. And um, the band is also Geneva and Carlos Marquina here, also from Houston. And our drummer, Matthew Caldwell, here. And then uh, various friends that have come up from Houston with us. To, so we made it like a road trip, you know, a little getaway. So we are, we're starting out a new adventure as a traveling worship band and uh, ministering in different congregations. And we're so excited to be here with you guys in Brenham. We feel very welcome here. So thank you. This morning, I would like to bring you a word about worship. And, you know, we know that worship is not only the songs we sing. It's a lifestyle. It's it's how we live our lives. It's when we go to work and how we are with our families. Um, It's giving our whole lives to God in all that we do. And um, I'd love to read this morning. If we could start out, we're going to read a lot of scriptures. So I'm kind of cheating. I don't have to give you much of a message. We're just going to read from the Bible. But uh, hopefully that's okay. So let's turn to Psalm 148. I think maybe it's on the screen for you as well. And we're going to read together. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights above. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his heavenly hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the skies. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. He set them in place forever and ever. He gave a decree that will never pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all ocean depths, lightning and hail, snow and clouds, stormy winds that do his bidding, you mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, small creatures and flying birds, kings of the earth and all nations, you princes and all rulers of earth, young men and maidens, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His splendor is above the heavens and the earth. He has raised up for his people a horn, the praise of all his saints, of Israel, the people close to his heart. Praise the Lord. Amen. 
we are in a worshiping community with the whole earth, all of creation. That got really specific, didn't it? Wild animals, small creatures, flying birds, hail, snow. <clears throat> I'm an extrovert, so it excites me to do things in groups. Um, you know, I also love the beach. And it's so exciting to think as I'm sitting there on the sand that even the waves, as they're lapping up on the shore, are giving praise to the Lord. There are dolphins and whales and starfish worshiping and praising their creator along with me. How they worship, I don't begin to understand. I went to Destin, Florida a few years ago with my friend Sandra and her daughter Lori, and we had just gotten to our room, and we went out to the balcony, and I've never seen this before outside of like a SeaWorld experience, but two dolphins, just as we got out onto the balcony, jumped up out of the water, kind of in formation. And it was so awesome. I mean, we, we saw dolphins later on that trip, but we never saw them jump up out of the water like that. I like to think the dolphin was expressing herself to her creator. Let's also read from Psalm 150. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and the lyre. Praise him with the tambourine and dancing. Praise him with the strings and electric guitars and flute. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So we are familiar here in the vineyard with the crash of cymbals or the strumming of a stringed instrument. But in addition to using instruments in worship, the Bible has more ideas uh, for us about how we can worship God with our bodies. And I know for many of you, yes, we, we know this, but it's good that we remind ourselves together, here we are in church, what does the Bible say about physical expression, for example, as we worship together? Um, you know, historically, the vineyard uh, has been more aligned with what some would call charismatic expressions, you know, lifting the hands, dance, using banners, the freedom to shout out a prayer or a word from the Lord during worship time. Um, and for some of us, these expressions are very natural, as natural as waking up in the morning. You know, perhaps you were raised in church. Um, or maybe you came to faith in Christ through a very dynamic experience with the Holy Spirit. And these physical expressions feel very natural to you, part of your worship experience. You know, for some of you, perhaps you are from a more conservative tradition, maybe raising hands to God or seeing someone dancing or kneeling before God. It might be unusual. Or maybe it's just uncomfortable for you personally to engage in that, engage in that kind of expression. You know, for me personally, I did not grow up with that. I, I was raised Southern Baptist, and the physical expressions that we were familiar with were standing and singing loudly, and that was wonderful, uh, and experienced the Holy Spirit in that way, in that congregation. Uh, later in my teenage years, we began to attend a non-denominational fellowship, and people got a little more rowdy, you could say. Uh, I remember that a favorite song was singing, When the Saints Go Marching In, and we would march around the whole church while people were singing, and it was very exciting to me, you know, as a young person to see everyone marching and shouting to God. 
And I was in college in the 90s, and a lot of revivals were breaking out, such as uh, Kansas City or Pensacola. And, you know, my friends would travel to these places, and they would come back, and they would make sure to come early for worship and sit up front and jump up and shout and, you know, be excited to worship God um, because they had just come from these very exuberant uh, places and wanted to carry it back, you know, to our congregation. So, you know, we have such a wide spectrum of possible experiences or capacity to engage with God using our physical bodies. In addition to being a worship leader, I'm also a counselor. And so in my work with folks, I have the opportunity to learn about different personality types. And also I understand the influence of our backgrounds and our family of origins or the the people that raised us. And I would like to bring in the idea that sometimes how we worship God is, like many things, part nature and part nurture. Some of it is just what we're comfortable with. Um, You know, some of us in our personalities are more naturally expressive. We use our hands when we talk. We raise our eyebrows. Maybe we raise our voices. It's part of our personality. Um, Some of us may like to dance, go out dancing. We may laugh out loud at the movies. When is the last time that you were at a movie and the crowd actually laughed out loud? Can you remember recently that happening? I haven't been to a movie in a while. I have a two-year-old. but um, <clears throat> You know, some people even tell stories in a very animated way. They may even sing their words when they're telling the story. you have any friends like that? <clears throat> I might be a little bit like that. You know, other times... Uh, and, and, and perhaps this is you, and, I, and even I can be this way, as an, uh, even as an, as an extrovert. Maybe we're, maybe we're shy. Maybe we're in a situation that's unknown to us. Uh, maybe we're just uh, inclined to be quiet and reserved. Maybe we don't want to make a spectacle of ourselves. <clears throat> These personality factors may influence how we worship God. And so, you know, I'd like to think about that even like, when we're in a different situation, uh, a reserved person may jump to their feet and cheer for their team or sway back and forth at a concert. So I thought it would be ha- fun today to have a little contest in the church and see what kind of fans we have here. Some of us are hurting and heartbroken. But I want to give you permission that when I say your team, I want you to express yourself however you normally would if you were at a game or in your living room, okay? You could cheer, shout, whistle. Some of you might jump from your seat. Whatever you would normally do at home when your team scores a touchdown or a home run, which we wish the Astros had scored more home runs last night. So as hard as it might be this morning for some of us, we've got to shake that off. So I want to ask, are there any Astros fans in the house? Woo! Yeah. All right. Maybe we could cheer a little louder for them. That would help them out, right? Okay. How about the Texas A&M Aggies? All right. I thought it might be a little louder for the Aggies. Also probably suffering the heartbreak a little bit as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What about the Dallas Cowboys? (laughs) Okay. Uh, How about the Texans? Okay. So, 
you know, it's exciting to cheer for our team, and, and we can get caught up. I love to watch my friends uh, watching sports. Even my most reserved friends will yell and shout at the TV. I probably get a bigger kick out of watching them uh, do that. I can remember even uh, when we won, the, when the Astros won the World Series, my husband and I were actually watching it alone, um, and he as it became closer to, you know, we knew we were going to win, and he got up, and he walked very slowly to the TV, and he just stood there like this, you know, <laughs> just like, it was like too, you couldn't even cheer, it was so exciting, okay, so I'm sure you all know where I'm going with this, right, during a sermon on worship, I'll go ahead and say it, if we can cheer and shout and applaud for the Astros, or the Texans, or the Aggies, then we can surely do this for the Lord, our Creator, the Almighty God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, triune persons, full of grace and mercy and justice. We cannot even comprehend the depths of love that He has demonstrated to us, that while we were yet dead in our sins, Christ died for us, and he made a way for us to be reconciled and live eternal life starting now. And this should make us want to shout and give praise to him. Amen? Amen. Okay. Well, let's just do it. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. You are good. We love you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Great. So the point here is not for us to, you know, hype up our worship experience, but to encourage us to be responsive, if we're able, even physically, to worship the Lord. You know, even when it's difficult, even when we don't feel good. We don't want to be fair-weather worshipers, right? So let's look at a few scriptures to see what physical expressions have been used through the years, and are detailed here in the Bible. We're going to look at Psalm 47. Okay. Clap your hands, all you nations. Shout to God with cries of joy. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises to our King. Sing praises. So we did that this morning. Uh... Psalm 95, come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. Let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker, for he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. So more singing, more Uh, shouting and bowing down and even kneeling. Now, if you're like me, if you kneel, you're not sure if you can get back up. So, you know, that's okay. But (laughs) if we have bad knees, it's still a viable expression that we can do to the Lord if we're able. One moment. Here we go. I turned to my next page, and it was a worship song. I thought, well, I guess we could sing that now, but that's not what I was planning. Okay. As the Lord 
is near to us. And he engages with us and we engage with him. We realize that we are so thankful. We are thankful for what he's done in our lives. And so in Isaiah 44, we see, I will not forget you. This is the Lord saying to us, I will not forget you. I have swept away your offenses like a cloud. Your sins like the morning mist. Return to me for I have redeemed you. Sing for joy, O heavens, for the Lord has done this. Shout aloud, O earth beneath. Burst into song, you mountains, you forests, and all your trees. For the Lord, for he, the Lord, has redeemed Jacob, and he displays his glory in Israel. So, more expressions, even of our creation of earth, of the earth, worshiping God. When we are feeling grateful, when we are really aware of God's redeeming work in our lives, you know, we're like the psalmist, we're motivated to sing. Um, but there are times when we may not always feel that the Lord is near. And so I'd like to, to read from Psalm 63 and see what we can learn from the psalmist. Oh God, you're my God, and earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with the richest of foods, and with singing lips my mouth will praise you. On my bed I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. Because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. My soul clings to you. And your right hand upholds me. We see in Psalm 42 more of this yearning, yearning for the Lord. This may be a familiar one to you guys. Part of this is a worship song. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night, while men say to me all day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go with the multitude, leading the procession to the house of God, with shouts of joy and thanksgiving among the festive throng, why are you downcast, O oh my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mazar, deep calls to deep. In the roar of your waterfalls, all your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day, the Lord directs his love, and at night, 
His song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you so downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Isn't that a beautiful example of the things that we go through when we don't understand, when our loved ones are sick, when we're sick, when we're hurting, when we feel that God is far away and we're not sure if he's even with us and people say to us, where is your God? Why did this happen to you? And the psalmist continues several times in the psalm to redirect his focus to God and to say, Yet, I will praise you. So, you know, sometimes we do. It may be at home in our personal times with God or even here as we gather together. We don't always feel the joy. We don't always feel the excitement of the Lord. But it is a spiritual practice and a spiritual discipline to offer a sacrifice of praise. And to come in together in this corporate body to lift up our voices, you know, to lift up a song, uh, not to be false, not to, you know, work it up, but to know that when we sing about God, he breaks in and he, there's an opportunity for him to lift us up out of the, the depths and what we may be going through and restore us. Psalm 30, 11 you turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy that my heart may sing to you and not be silent. Lord, we ask for your freedom to express ourselves to you in worship. Let's have the band come up and we're going to try some of this here. Let's take a risk this morning. Lord, we know that you are near. We know that you love us. And God, we just want to, we want to sing your praise. Lord, we want to be freed up, Lord. Some of us have been longing to raise our hands to you or to sing out loud. But Lord, we've been stopped for some reason or we've had a distraction. And so, Lord, this morning, we're just going to cast all those off. And we're going to worship you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We love you. You are good. Amen. Okay, so are you guys ready to try a little, uh, this is a little different format than what, sometimes what we, what you guys do, but we're going to, we're going to, uh, we're going to worship together.